welcome to the third episode of the Armbar Chronicles. I am your boy, Young Smuff Diggy. This is Young Clifton. Uh, what's up, y'all? This is Old Ass Demetrius. What's going on? And as per usual, we're just here talking mad cash shit on this good wrestling. You know? So let's get it started with the the question of the week. All right. So this question is brought to you by me not being able to go to sleep and watching marathons of lockup from MSNBC. <laughs> and you know how niggas be niggas be locked up crying and shit. Blah blah blah. So my question is if you were locked down for a uh an absorbent amount of time absorbent, you know, to goddamn thesaurus words. Oh, the big word out here. You, you feel Damn. Me? You feel me? If you were exuberant is the word. Shit. Exuberant amount of time. Which WWE superstar from the current roster would you try to get to watch your back? Young Cliff, you want me to take it? Yeah, yeah, you got to meet. You want me to take it? I, I yeah. think it's a, I think it's an easy answer. Uh, we saw his work over the last few weeks, and it's Braun Strowman. Uh, that nigga does damage, and he tossed over an ambulance. So I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he can beat the shit out of uh, a lot of inmates and COs. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Braun Strowman. That's gonna be my homie and my friend. And hopefully he's not you know alternative lifestyle in it out here. Why but go ahead, young Cliff. He get stabbed. <laughs> I, I, I ain't got nothing to add, man. That's the perfect answer. I I wanted to try to take it another direction and try to actually find somebody you know that you wouldn't think of at least bring a surprise. But no, not at all. Because like I said in the last podcast, I honestly don't think that the only thing that can beat this guy is the Infinity Gauntlet and the full <laughs> array of the Infinity Stone. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, you got to roll with Strowman, bro. A second runner-up will be uh, Roman Reigns only because nobody likes him and nobody wants to be around him. So they're going to leave us alone. Tis true. I would go with, just like both of y'all, I would go with Braun. He threw Sin Cara or Kalisto, whichever Mexican with the mask was on now. He threw him in a dumpster. Sin Listo. <laughs> he threw him in a dumpster. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, so you said that Braun could possibly beat up COs. Going off topic here. You niggas heard about the whole uh, fucking Aaron Hernandez committing suicide and people thinking that it may have been COs murdering him for whatever reason. Nobody really gave an actual reason for it. Yeah, like I said, I might have heard that rumor or or, or, or whatever. Fake news. Is that what, is that what the young kids are, are, are you know listening to now or hearing? That about something about that, but yeah, 
heard a few things. And once, a few murmurs. Once again, I think the young man, old as Demetrius, has been kicked off of Skype with his old ass computer. And his old ass internet. Damn it. Skype just don't want you to be great, bro. Nah, man. Let's keep it going. I don't know what's going on. No, we were talking about Aaron Hernandez murdering himself or being murdered, depending on how you like (laughs) conspiracy theories. Hey, man. Oh, you already went, Young Cliff? My bad. Yeah, oh, you got it, bro. Man, I think a lot of people are running with different stories. We don't know what happened. Uh, It does look a little fishy that he kind of did it abruptly, but I think whatever, we're not going to find out what happened. If they wanted to cover up, they're going to cover it up. Mm-hmm. Maybe I watch too much Scandal. Don't judge me. Uh, I watch a lot of a lot of shows like that, so I don't think it's going to come out what really happened. So I, I think mean, they're going to ride with the suicide, and it is, yeah, gonna, it is what found, it is. So. For, for right now, I, I don't believe anything because I just don't. Ever. Yeah. He may not be dead. <laughs> That's real. That's real. <laughs> but, but from you what a, you said, you put a Tupac. Yep. From <laughs> the, the headlines I read, because I'm I'm just too real to actually read an article. Um, it was basically saying that the young man may have committed suicide because since he committed suicide in the Massachusetts. Um, that makes your murder conviction null and void. Which... Yes, yeah, yeah, it's called, it's a loophole called abatement. Like you said, it's it's based on old English law back when Massachusetts Colony was first founded. I found I've heard the same thing too, but I actually heard heard on ninety two nine ninety two nine heading to work today. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's supposed to be a loophole within Massachusetts law that says that you know if. Because his first murder conviction is actually under appeal, that if it said that if anyone dies, basically that they can have the murder expunged. Then wait, so that's not fair because this nigga can murder himself in prison, but if I'm coming up on hard times and I murder my damn self, my life insurance is null and void. Why can't y'all just goddamn let my life insurance go? See, doesn't make any sense. But anyway, they yep. said that because world, of, because of that, goddamn, um, they'll have his NFL contract may come back around or whatever, and fifteen million dollars will go to his daughter. So it's it's like they're playing it the as already came out and said no, they're not paying it. But oh, well, <laughs> never mind. Of course, you know we we could probably expect that. Expect that to be their position, but yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, that nigga's dead, and we're gonna talk about Raw. So, cheers Excellent. to cheers to that guy. That's a fucking Excellent. that's a fucking Excellent segue. segue. That's a fucking <laughs> segue for your ass. <laughs> All right, so let's go to Raw. Um, I really have no like super key points about Raw. It was. It was more so of a regular random show where Braun um, basically took on the whole three hours by himself. Yep. 
Uh, I really don't have any key points. You guys can help me out. All I remember from it is Braun throwing Sinlisto Kakara into a trash can. And um, we have, oh, Big Show pushed him um, after he dumped Sinkara Listo into the trash can. Big Show came out of nowhere and looked at him like John Wall did. Uh, fucking help me out, um, Dr. Steve Smith. You talking about, uh, Shooter? Yeah, when John okay. Wall looked at him like, fuck is wrong with you, boy? And that yeah. set up that set up the main event. And also, from what I recall, we did have a, a women's match, probably a battle royal as per usual. But yeah. this time, instead of everybody getting the Bailey-Sasha match that, you know, the, the fans are clamoring about, it looks like Alexa Bliss will be the the main event, the number one contender for the women's raw title. Yep. Um, so like we mentioned, maybe, uh, I think two episodes back, y'all can check the uh, archives. <laughs> we, we, we got, got archives, bitch. Uh, we talked about how the women's division was going to do some, um, some interesting things with Alexa Bliss being there now. So I kind of like how she got, got, that number one contender spot, so she's able to move up, and uh, her and Bailey, we can see that's a different match that the fans aren't used to. You know, we've seen Sasha and Bailey at least twelve hundred times. We've seen Sasha and Charlotte uh, thirteen hundred and fifty times. So I don't know where I'm getting these numbers from, but that's not the point. Uh, so seeing uh, Alexa Bliss and Bailey, I think that's going to be a good feud moving forward because I'm all about new feuds. I'm going to see some new people in new positions and, you know, we're going to get to SmackDown later and they're really doing that. So I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with the women's division right now. And like you said, Braun is pretty much killing everybody and still no one's calling the police or shooting him. Where's your gun? <laughs> Somebody needs to shoot him or call the police. Bruh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> crazy how, it's, it's crazy yet sad how they're pushing Braun because yeah. they're, they're making him into this bully of a man who is just running shop over everybody. He's he's so powerful right now. He may punch Nia Jax and no in the one, face in the face and just a trash bag or just a rip, and no one really cares. This man is a scary beast right now. You know, just for him to probably at a pay-per-view before SummerSlam to lose to Roman Reigns. Yep. As always. Before I get to get to that, the mess, so, so, so much wrong in, in what you said as well, but absolutely true, unfortunately, in this day and age, though, but just to add on to what you were, what you were saying about the pushing of Strowman, it's crazy that he at the same time, is probably right now the company's top heel and top face. Yes. Which is really funny. He's yeah. like, if, if you want a trainer, Lawrence Strowman's probably, probably, you know, case case study 2017 on really how to book a, book a trainer. 
Let's just say he's probably the best term but I can just come up even, with. When he's, he's not doing. even really a And I guess the thing about him, you know, being just so dominant and what he's doing, of course, you know, he'll beating down the most hated man in wrestling at the moment. Certainly did wonders for him. But like you said, the booking is almost reminiscent of, of in fact, before the show even came on, me and Smurf were talking, to, were talking about, you know, just the creativity and creativity in the old in the old days, you know, back from the Attitude Era on back and how it seemed like they took more chances and they actually put effort into making us care about guys who weren't just, you know, chasing chasing the titles, but, you know, we want to care about, you know, people who seem like, you know, if everybody just had a purpose on the roster, it could make for a more entertaining show. And really, the pushing of Strowman is really showing us, you know, just shows how effective the old techniques were back then on getting, you know, certain personalities over. If you want to get over, you know, a baby face, here's, you know, the textbook way to do it. If you want to get over a heel, we do it like this. If you want to get over a monster heel, then we're just going to, you know, use this playbook and use this, you know, blueprint. And, of course, you know, the game, the game, you know, evolves, you know, just like the power running game going to, the spread now in college, the game always evolved, but the the same principles, you know, will always apply no matter what era it's in. And it's always refreshing, you know, just to see some of that old school, you know, come back in this in this day and age. Yeah, I um I, I agree with you, young Cliff, because like during the Attitude Era, there were so many feuds that didn't involve a championship belt or didn't involve any kind of belt at all. It was just I don't like him because he slept with my woman. You know, you create a story. Shout out Val Venus. <laughs> oh, my we're going to get to that later. Val Venus <laughs> out here sleeping with everybody's woman and then beat them up. But, and then beat them you know, up. Bruh, yes. do you know how much stuff the Attitude Era got away with? One, <laughs> one, Val Venus was a porn star. Two, yep. he had so much, so many innuendo quotes and everything. And three, and the the main reason that I say that Vince Russo didn't give a fuck about censorship, they named his finishing move the money shot. Yep. Everybody who ever heard anything about porn knows what the money shot mean. And you got Shout the page. You got <laughs> so you got Jr. You got Jr. Oklahoma. Good old boy talking about, oh, from the top rope, the money shot. This is hilarity. <laughs> Attitude area was hilarious, man. Hilarious. But yeah, it goes back to it goes back to storytelling, man. It's oh the basics but, of wrestling is just telling a good story. <laughs> so um since we brought up creativity and how things used to be, you know, storylines or whatever from the older times and you know how I like to have you guys look at a match uh, just about every episode I have one from the mind of Vince Russo this is WCW 2000 so we're talking about when we're almost about to close the doors on WCW we have We have Chris Canyon. I don't know if anybody remembers him, but he did have a gimmick where he would always say, who better than Canyon? Um, 
And, and he we, was also the old Mortis, too, when he first debuted with WCW, I believe. Back when Glacier and all the mother, you know, video game Glacier. characters. Sub Zero. <laughs> fuck out of here, WCW. <laughs> fuck, fuck out of here. <laughs> hey, hey, but let's be honest, though. At eight years old, Glacier was the man. Yeah. Well, I don't care. I really didn't care to see him. I really didn't care to see him do anything in the ring. It was just that the the coming soon glacier. It was just snow and oh, yeah. fucking water and karate moves. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, them, them vignettes were them vignettes were awesome. That shit was good though. The ring, it did all the all the you know karate moves. Two yeah. four matches, man. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so but then it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so after uh, so we have Chris Canyon and the man, the myth, the legend, motherfucking Buff Bagwell in a match. I can't give you the name of the match yet. I have to set this up. So Chris Canyon is stalking Buff Bagwell's wife, right? Yeah. And you know, you know how the storyline goes here. You know. You, you fucking with my wife, I gotta fight you. We're gonna do it in the ring. But this is what my main man Vince Russo did. You remember how I told you guys that uh, back in the days in the matches where the wrestlers love to put something on the pole and reach for it? Yeah. They put the entire wife on the pole. The shit is called the Judy Bagwell on a pole match. Yep. <laughs> this happened. Yep. You know, uh, you know when your wrestling promotion is about to close? When you have a Judy Bagwell on a pole match. My nigga, what kind of drugs was Vince Russo taking? Bruh. Was this... Was this before or after the Viagra on the pole match? <laughs> this this is after. So my, my, nigga, my nigga said, wait, okay, you know, con- contracts are passe. I already hit you. I already hit you niggas with this good Viagra. Let's Boom. just put a entire human. Now. Let's just put an entire human on a pole. And somebody grab her. <laughs> Yeah, this is WCW now. This is not Follies, y'all. This is WCW. <laughs> so again, to remind people who are just not tuning into tuning into the podcast, I just want to like, how does that work in a in a meeting? Uh, when Vince Russo brings that up, hey guys, hear me out. I want to put a whole woman on a pole, <laughs> not no. half, not a third, an entire female. Human being. But see, you <laughs> you got to remember though, it was it was different. Like <clears throat> from what I've heard, when Vince Russo was helping to create the Attitude Era, he yeah. came with bullshit ideas, but Vince still, you know, could reel them back because at the yeah. end of the day, Vince had the last say. So some of the ideas were good, some of them were stupid. They got held back. Some of the stupid ideas went on. Uh, Brawl for all being one of them, and with Bart Gunn getting his jaw tapped very viciously at a WrestleMania in front of thousands of people. So, but with with the WCW, 
you had it where there was no leash for Vince. Mm-hmm. So we do a Viagra on the pole match. We do a person on the pole match. Maybe next week I will find something and we put a whole entire apartment complex on a fucking pole and you can reach it and you have bought it. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. I love I'm, the matches that WCW created fascinate me and I love sharing them with you guys and I want you guys to watch each and every one of these things. Yeah, I do it, man. I, I saw the House of Horrors match a couple of days ago. Did did someone yeah. not die? Abdul the Butcher. Abdul really got... the Butcher got <laughs> murdered by motherfucking Cactus Jack because the dog faced gremlin Rick Steiner switched places with Cactus Jack not looking. Cactus Jack did not want to turn around. Even though 20,000 people were telling Cactus Jack, hey, turn around. Dogface <laughs> is not in the chair anymore. <laughs> and everybody just cheered. Once Cactus Jack flipped the switch, they cheered for murder. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Dad. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> oh, oh, that dude was just fine, you know. He was, he was just walking off. <laughs> oh man! And uh, he he's good. Nothing's wrong with him. That nigga's dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh uh, shit! Like I said, um, oh, I guess we can get into the. The Big Show and Braun Strowman's match. Um, yeah. This one was, this match in particular was kind of predictable because I guess our, the first showing of Braun and Big Show from a couple of months back, everybody was astonished because we're like, okay, Big Show's damn near 50. We really haven't seen Braun in a true-to-life match that didn't involve, you know, some kind of gimmick or anything. So we we went into that one with low expectations. So when we saw it, we were like, oh, shit, this is excellent. But this one, it was more so like, okay, cool. Hurry up so y'all can break the ring because y'all too big a shit and we kind of know you're going to break the ring. And they did not disappoint fucking ring broke but in all of this there is a spot where the ref tried to brace himself for the ring to collapse he missed the rope and my nigga did a jackknife powerbomb to himself outside of the ring that shit was spectacular do you I guys have anything going? That was the best ref bump in WWE history. Man, looking back yeah. on it, I don't think I can argue against it. When I saw it, I was like, oh, "Okay, he, he he breaking the rule." Like I I saw it when it was setting up. I knew what was about to happen. He was setting them up to do the flip, and I was like, "Oh, the the ring about to break again." But then when it happened, I was like, and I saw the ref line. I was like, "God damn, that, that, that nigga did like did he land in the first row?" <laughs> <laughs> Bro, like this. 
All I saw was the <laughs> the ring shook. My mm. nigga damn near went upside down. Yes. <laughs> but that shit that shit was impressive. Like <laughs> Like, like I was like, like some he, somebody he, he really pulled a Dominique Dawes gymnastic move right over the top rope, y'all. I was like, said that really caught caught me by surprise. I was just like, whoa, yeah. was that really supposed to happen like that? The ref sold that move. Like he sold that whole stage, the uh, ring blowing up. He sold that. I really thought that he missed the spot, and yeah, like yeah. his head <laughs> may have been under the ring. I was I was really scared real quick because I was in one of I was in one of the groups and everybody was like holy shit I was like no someone go check the ref <laughs> we may have witnessed another murder on wrestling television nigga fuck Big Show <laughs> fuck Brian check check on Harold. I don't know if his Check on Harold. I'm, I'm sure that's not his name at all. Somebody yeah. check on Harold. Somebody check on Harold. Oh, man. Hey, well, terrible segue, but I'm about to do it anyway. Speaking of death, um, you guys, uh, have you had a chance to look at the, the China trailer for her documentary? No, I actually haven't. I, I haven't, no. Nah. Nah, so... Please watch it. The shit is very sad. Like it, it really takes a a good stabbing at your nostalgic child heartstrings, bro. Because we all know that China was, whether you love her or hate her, for the most part, she was a pioneer of women's wrestling, especially in the Attitude Era, because she was only like the only woman who actually wrestled. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, in the trailer, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like a Jake the Snake vibe or whatever, to the point where you know you see her at her at her lowest. She talks about her lowest time. She talks about her peak time. But the difference between her and Jake is that Jake is always making steps forward, yeah. or whatever. So Jake is making steps forward. Um, he's getting better thanks to the young yoga master DDP. But whoever made this documentary, it they made it, they made China's documentary all the way up to her death. Damn. So it's like it's kind of like I want to see it because, you know, I want to remember China, um, as you know, as a as I was a fan of her, you know, I want to remember that China. And I kind of want to see where it all just went to shit for her. But at the same time, it's like, damn, this is really a person who was going through some shit, whether it be, you know, people treating her wrong or just her mental status. And it's like, I I don't know if I really want to see the entire thing. I may cut it off at the middle, like right before the porn. Cause I, one, I don't want to see that, and two, I don't want to see that. Mm, valid points on both of those. <laughs> Very. The, the thing about going back to see like your favorite wrestlers from when you was a kid, you realize how really messed up a lot of them are, and it's not fun. Like I remember the first time I saw the Jake Roberts, I was like, "Sheesh, he is terrible." Oh, like he man. was, he had demons. So going back. To watch these documentaries, it's always it's always in question for me because I don't like seeing my 
childhood destroyed like that. But I'm probably going to look at this but, China documentary. You, you, but, you, but as you uh, said, me honestly, honestly, y'all, if you look back, especially on the Jake the Snake character, you understand exactly why and how he played the character the way you did when yeah. you, you know get get a better sense of his personal life. Then a lot of it makes sense, you know. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of these great performances, these great artists, a lot of their muse comes from pain. Because we're pain and the demons in their lives. And like you said, we we in, we enjoy it. It's great entertainment. It it brings us in, like I said, the just the the raw the, the raw emotion and element always, you know, brings us in. But again, once you actually really get down deep down into what really eats at their soul. Like I said, you, you can't help but, you know, to have it have it eat at yours too. And like you said, it's 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 not a fun place, but it's still just something, you know, that that still makes you want to be like, okay, this is like I said, yeah, this this is a real dark element, but you just can't help but not turn away from it. Yeah. And and like I'm sure all three of us, we're huge China fans. And the reason like China was believable. Yeah. China is China like held the the IC the Intercontinental Championship belt and nobody questioned that shit. Like niggas nope. was like, yeah, she she won it. I, okay. Like, what? Yeah. You take it. You take it from it. The women's belt. <laughs> we like, know, yep, she's the champ. What do you want us to do? She won. Like <laughs> niggas was just like, we didn't question it at all. That's how dominant China was and yeah. believable her character is and just you know how great she was and. Like, she would be a beast right now. And she was, you know, she set the tone for the women's division and, like, legitimized it to where, like I said, she won the IC belt. Nobody questioned it. Like, mm-hmm. I, didn't even, I didn't even think about it until, like, yeah, she really did held the belt and mm-hmm. hold the belt. Nobody even said nothing about it. Beat the shit out of uh, Quick Draw McGraw with the guitar. Yeah. Jump, jump, jump. <laughs> young Jump Jay. <laughs> young Double J. Young Double. Jeff Jared took that L. But it's, yeah. it's like you said, no one really cares. Like, okay, Jeff Jarrett Lowe. I mean, apparently it was a, it was a big backstage uh, situation where Jarrett didn't want to really do it because China was a woman. But as a fan, it's like China big as shit, and yep. she looks like she can beat the shit out of half of the roster. So exactly. I don't see any issue with. Beating her. The the one thing that I will say about China, what was really sad was, um, I'll say about two years ago, it looked like she was getting better in her situation. I know she was dealing with a lot of depression, but it looked like she was getting better. And I don't know if this was like a serious thing or not, where she was trying to um, campaign for her push into the WWE Hall of Fame. And for her to know that, you know, for us to know that even though the WWE may have done her wrong, you know, we don't know the the full extent of the story, that she still at least wanted to be remembered as a WWE superstar. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she's passed away and she didn't get to reach it and then it still looks like probably with with even these worst circumstances where you she was already doing porn and kind of putting a bad 
a bad light on the business and now she probably she committed like a accidental suicide it's probably going to be even harder for her to get in the hall of fame now yeah so that's just a sucky story all the way around yeah so but one more thing on <coughs> excuse me on on China, you know, before I think we, we segue, again, we talk about the believability, and for those who are either just joining us on the podcast, just joining us, or don't know about wrestling like that, I'm just telling y'all, she debuted as the bodyguard for Triple H, yeah. and we believed it, <laughs> and we didn't question it at mm. all. All right, you get bodyguard by a woman. She got arms big as Hulk Hogan. Okay, that'll work. I'm not gonna try. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah, you can you can move along, sir. Right this way, man. <laughs> All right. So, so since we're going since we're going down memory lane real quick, um, did you guys have like were you guys, for lack of a better word, standing over any type of wrestler back in the day? Like, if you saw this guy on TV, you like, okay, I need to watch this match or I need to watch this segment or promo or anything. Young Cliff, let me go. Yeah, you got it, bro. For me, uh, I was a I'm Brett the Hitman Heart guy, man, through and through. He couldn't talk for shit, but, <laughs> no. uh, like, just from growing up, I'm, I'm a Brett the Hitman Heart guy, through and through. Like, if I saw him, I don't get starstruck at all, but if I start Brett the Hitman Hart walking down the street, I'm going to have to go with Hitman. Can I get your autograph? I might even have to take a selfie with him and pause that, but I'm going to have to, man, because, I mean, that was my child. That was, that's my childhood, and growing up and seeing him, you know, starting off with the Hart Foundation and then moving on to a singles career, working his way up, getting the Intercontinental Championship, and then get, becoming the face of the WWE so it was just, I saw his entire grind from a uh, tag team star, singles, mid-card star, up until the face. So he's he's it for me. So that that's, I know he can't talk until, like Smuff Rick, uh, mentioned on a previous podcast, check the archives, he mentioned archives. how, uh, <laughs> how uh, Brett didn't really start getting good on the mic till he started cussing a lot and calling HBK all kind of names and mentioning <laughs> backstage stuff with Sonny. So, yeah, that's when he really got good, but you know, he, he wasn't really much on the microphone at, like other stars, like people are familiar with The Rock or Stone Cold, um, how they're great on the mic, but uh, Brett's in-ring work is probably number one ever. Like his matches are the best. His match, his Iron Man match with uh, HBK, I encourage people to go out and watch that. Um, he's had some some great matches. Uh, his match with his brother Owen, Owen Hart, uh, is amazing as well. So, Brady Hitman Hart for me, um, pretty much the the greatest to me. Young Cliff, what's up? <clears throat> I'm gonna let everybody know that. I really didn't, unfortunately, I really didn't pay attention to, to Bret Hart's career. I said, I've always, you know, known about a lot of the, a lot of the greats. And really, I'm kind of a newer 
just a wrestling fan in terms of actually paying paying attention to the product and actually, you know, so really knowing and really understanding what's going on. So for me, you know, the guy that I actually said like back there is you know was was the people's champion, the the rock. Because of the fact that, you know, he he was entertaining. What can you say, man? He, yeah. His evolution from from you know from from force from force to baby face to to arguably one of the greatest performers to ever step step in a square circle, you know, is just something that that again, the movies, you know, one day somebody is gonna make a movie about Dwayne Johnson <laughs> and, and and his journey to where to where he's at now. And I'm still and just, not like watch I said, he, he, might, he might not have been, you know, a technical master like Brett or even like a Shawn Michaels or whatever though, but in terms of just pure entertainment factor, said so I think he embodied, you know, what wrestling what wrestling was. So it's yeah. like I give it up. Give it up to the rock. All right, so I got two for me. The the one main one for me was uh, Young Razor Ramon. You know, yep. <laughs> anything that nigga would do. I think he was very underrated. It's like, <laughs> bro, like I'm I'm out here. My dad had a lot of toothpicks growing up, so I'm out here. I'm taking toothpicks. I'm throwing it at him. It was like, what's up, dad? Here, take a toothpick to the face as Razor Ramon. And, and the theme and, song. And the theme song too. And the and the main reason, like, once Razor Ramon left and went under his, you know, regular name with WCW, you know, as a kid, for the most part, just about everybody used to switch. Okay, we go to a commercial break on Raw, I'm going to go to Nitro and see what's happening. It just so happened, once Raw went to commercial break, that's when Scott Hall came uh, and did his promo. And I was like, oh, shit. It's Razor Ramon. He had a toothpick. And up until from the time I saw Razor Ramon on the TV screen until Stone Cold won the belt from Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, whatever the fuck, I was glued to WCW because I needed to see what Scott Hall was going to do. Yeah. So that was my man. The, the other guy, don't laugh at me. Please don't. It was, <laughs> it was motherfucking Ahmed Johnson. Nigga, no. I'm not even talking about what is wrong with you niggas, man? What are y'all talking about? Hold on, bro. Bro, he was a black man who, who came IC champion, bro. Exactly, Come on, man. exactly, bro. Even though Ahmed Johnson couldn't talk for shit, he had a mush mouth, couldn't wrestle, beat up everybody, he still beat up everybody for the motherfucking culture. So it's like, just as a young kid, now even back then, we don't have a lot of black people in it now, we didn't have a lot of black people in the Attitude Era. But back then, it was even seldom. It was it was smaller. You had the fucking nation of domination being militant black people, and you had Ahmed Johnson. That was and it. Flash Funk and Flash Funk for like a literally a minute. Don't nobody care about two cold Scorpio. <laughs> so, he was there though, man. You had name against everybody. <laughs> so you had you had those. You had those two people. You're either going to be with Farouk or you're going to be with motherfucking Ahmed Johnson. 
I had to call it on that. He had the Pearl River Plunge. That's it. All right. Um, and he was beautiful Pearl River, Mississippi, too. That was just another, yeah. in, in WWE land, you know, that was where he was from. So I will, I will say that Ahmed Johnson did get a nice push, though. Like, they made, they made several attempts to try to get him over, and he kind of just fumbled it a lot. But, I mean, for what it was, he was, he, he did a lot for somebody who's terrible. Yeah, well, you got to respect it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I respect it. Yeah. Y'all said, I'm mad, Johnson. Hey, man, I said, don't. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, man. I'm mad. Hey, man, it's all good. I'm mad was the man real quick. You, you see, I put him in last week's episode of, of Gold Dust. <laughs> I'm mad, Johnson. This is true. Okay, so let us get into. Okay, that segue was brought to you by Janet Jackson's husband, where all you got to do is spend five years with him, and he'll give you all his money. <laughs> Now let's go to SmackDown. All right. So, oh shit! What is love, y'all? <laughs> love shit. is five years, nigga. Look, bro, what's this gonna me, be? You tell me that I'm gonna be with you five years, and you can get five hundred million dollars, nigga. Five years and one minute, we are divorcing. Give me my yes. money, hold it down, B. It's it's over. It's, it's fucking that's over. That's it. I, I can't do this anymore, Janet. I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not happy you know, anymore. What? Well, why you know, you know, I lost my smile. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think this is going to work anymore. It, it just can't. No. It was. It was a nice run. <laughs> run down. So let's let's get into SmackDown. All right. So for SmackDown, we had. We're we're going to get into the main the main event in a second, but we had the the debut match on SmackDown for Charlotte, and having Charlotte on SmackDown, I know for a fact will more than likely elevate the SmackDown's women's division, but it also like puts a damper on them because it kind of exposes it now. You have Becky, you have Natty, but then that's about it. We already know Naomi is is still, she's still pretty green. She's still working out a, a few kinks here and there. And no one's going to ever check for Carmella, especially with this James Ellsworth campaign that she's pulling. It's so bad, dog. <laughs> it's so bad. This nigga, why is he rocking the backwards uh, baseball hat? I don't know, bro. I, He's so corny. I don't know. I mean, I'm look. I'm glad my man's is getting is still getting money, because at the end of the day, he was just a jobber for Braun, and he turned being a jobber for Braun and two and two sentences, and made. He's been there a year now. Yeah. Off of getting beat up and having no chin. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's time to send a 205 live. Got to. <laughs> hey, hey, let's, 
that's that's Mitris's version of a demotion. Like, yeah, real, just send him to a five live. Real, just get him out of here. Real real quick, listeners. Uh, anybody who I don't want to see on the main roster, <laughs> my, my solution. Hey, send him to two o five live because I don't watch that shit. <laughs> I don't watch that shit at all. Because I don't want nobody to lose their job. No, just no, go, I don't want anybody. Like, yeah, honestly, we're not trying to destroy livelihoods out here, man. They need to eat. We understand that. I mean, I know, I know it's indie promotions, but indie promotions, unless you're the Young Bucks or Ricochet or the Hardys when they were indie or Kenny Omega, you probably ain't are not going to make a super, super good living on the indies. So we don't want anybody to lose their job. We just don't want to see you. So if you can kindly move over to 205 Live, you know, uh, we just need people like um, who? Mojo Raleigh to lose like 200 pounds and and go to 205 Live real quick. Uh, Shit, Dolph Ziggler, I'm I'm done with Dolph. He can go. Everybody can go, and everybody, from my look, from my estimation, everybody can get beat by Neville. Because even though I don't watch Two Hundred Five Live, I still enjoy Neville. Yep. So Neville can have the belt for forty years, and I, I'm not going to watch one match. I'm just going to be old and halfway dead, and be like, "Oh shit, Neville still got the belt." All right, so. The, the women's... Shout out to Neville. Shout out to Neville. Shout out to Neville. Shout out to Cedric Alexander. Shout out to Rich Swan And shout out to Apollo Crews. Thank you, dog. <laughs> shout out to Apollo Crews, man. <laughs> Go to 205 Live, please. <laughs> we don't even see the nigga on TV, no way. <laughs> so what's the difference? Should just have Braun throw that nigga in the trash can like Calis Carl. Please. <laughs> he needs this. Yes. Uh-huh. So, It'd be a whole lot better than, than Titus O'Neil trying to come up trying to be his new life coach or something. I don't know what that was about. I don't know. Brian could throw that nigga in the trash can too. <laughs> can we can we send Titus O'Neil to two oh five live as well if he loses <laughs> two hundred and five pounds? <laughs> he because he needs to go as well. Bro, we about to have yeah, a whole, he has one week to lose 70 pounds. We about to have a whole roster except AJ Styles and 205 Live. We kind of got a long list of people that needs to go to 205 Live. Can we send Randy Orton <laughs> Bruh, to 205 Live? Look, man, we can go ahead and put that nigga in the Hall of Fame and let his ass sit down. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to see that nigga wrestle no more. I'm tired of that nigga. The, the poster child of white privilege. It's not even that, man. Apparently, this nigga Randy used to be the shit, but now it's like you can really just write out his match now. Like nothing is going to happen different. He is he is going to get beat up. He's going to give you his comeback. Them lazy ass two clotheslines. He's going to whip the person into the ropes. He's going to do his power slam. The person is going to get up. He's going to put him through the ropes and do the little DDT through the ropes. Now, he's going to set up for the RKO. The guy is going to uh, duck the RKO, 
we're going to go into a little sequence, and then the RKO is going to come out of nowhere. And this is how gender loses at fucking Backlash. He just, uh, Randy's just wrestling like he just doesn't care. And usually he has that I don't care attitude, but his matches at least used to be good. Now it's just like, he got the I don't care. He got the I don't care disposition, and now he just has the I don't care matches. It's like, it's not not that his matches are bad. It's it's not that his matches are bad. It's that he's Going in, he's going into the Hulk Hogan brother phase of his run, where it's like this: Who am I working, brother? Oh, okay, brother. This is what we're gonna do, brother. You're gonna punch me. I'm gonna shake my head and I'm gonna point at you, brother. I'm gonna give you three punches, brother. Then I'm gonna whip you into the roots, give you a big boot, leg drop. We're going home, brother. Came out of here. He did that. Hogan did that for every match. That's where we're at with Randy. I'm going to give you these two clothesline, the power slam, DDT. We're going to act like we're going to do the RKO. Not really going to do it. Oh, psych, I did it. One, two, three, we're going home. (laughs) Hands in the air. Hands in the air, pose. Randy Orton pose still goes, though. It does, yeah. Yeah, but Randy Orton really reminds me of that person at work that all because all because his pops is in upper management or that he's a legacy, you know, with the cup with the company, he just really just just skates by because he knows that he's gonna have a job there no matter what bad behavior he does or, or how little he actually puts puts into the work. He still knows he, he's gonna be there no matter what and that's who he reminds me of I mean, right now. I mean, but honestly, think about it now. His dad was in the main event of WrestleMania 1, right? So you had Hulk Hogan, fucking Mr. T, Roddy Piper, and Bob Orton. Yep. Now, you can say that this main event helped WWE become what it is. So those four people Vince is like indebted to forever. So this is why you give... Bob Orton's son a chance and whatever Bob Orton's son does no matter if he becomes comfortable and lazy does drugs cusses out everyone you still just give him a chance because you know that back in 85 or 86 this man helped WWE become what it is I still say just give that nigga Hall of Fame tell him suck dick go home cause I don't want to see. I don't want to see a House of Horrors match. I don't want to see. I want to see gender. Okay, we're we're going to come back. We're going to come back. <laughs> that like, that segue was brought to you by this liquor that I am drinking now. I have nothing with it. I just like drinking this liquor. But let's go back to the women's match. Then we'll come to the gender mahal situation with Randy Orton. So for the women's match, we had Naomi versus Charlotte. What what did you guys think about the first encounter with these two? First of all, I just want to say, like Charlotte set the tone with the women's division early because SmackDown started off with Charlotte coming out and the Charlotte Naomi match got set up. 
And it was just like, it felt like, it felt big. Mm. It felt big, well, I'll say it felt bigger than previous women division, SmackDown women division matches. So you can already tell the difference that Charlotte's making in that division. Um, the match in itself was, it was okay. It was pretty good. Um, I feel like they're probably about to do a, I feel like Naomi's not going to drop the belt in my opinion. I don't think she's going to drop the belt right now. I feel like they're going to set up that feud for the next few pay-per-views, next few matches, um, and try to get Naomi over some more. No. But, what Young you, Cliff. Oh. Go ahead, so Young you, Cliff. You pretty, so you pretty much nailed it, me. I was just about to say, man, that I didn't think that Naomi was going to drop the belt mm-hmm. immediately to Charlotte either. Like I said, Charlotte, <clears throat> I think they're going to both. This is one of those, this could potentially be one of those programs where no matter what the outcome is both could really come out you know looking looking you know pretty good in it mm-hmm. and both could actually see improvement in their characters or just you know their improvement in the company after said program and again we don't it's rare that we see programs like that in the current wwe and when you know they do happen or when <clears throat> you see something like this you know on the verge of happening that the they need to just you know strike while the iron's hot at least do, do what they can to you know Take it to take it to a level that can make it, you know, not just the ordinary, not, not just you know, like like a like the last time Becky Lynch and Charlotte faced each other. That this could possibly, you know, be something, you know, it's new, and it could be special. So this is just another opportunity that needs to be ran with. Yeah, but, yeah, and it's um, it's like Charlotte's job is to put over those women in that division. I see right now she's working with Naomi. Next, she's probably going to be working with, she may do something with, with Natty. She may do something with even Carmella, even though Carmella <laughs> needs to just go back with uh, Enzo and Cass. But, uh, or, say, or we can send Carmella to 205 Live as well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Her and Alicia Fox could do 205 Live things together. Yeah. But, yeah, I can just tell, like, what Charlotte's doing. She's about to put up, put, they're going to try to put over Naomi. And then they're going to probably set her up in another few down the line. So um, I, it, I can just already tell the difference that Charlotte is making in the divisions. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I really think that Naomi is going to drop the belt. But in order for it to really work and not really hinder Naomi, you would give Charlotte, go ahead, give Charlotte her title match, give her the belt, and let them just run shop for... Uh, pay-per-view matches like like they used to do in the old in the old times it was just i'm gonna see you at this pay-per-view you know or this in your house but we're not even going to touch during uh smackdown at all so it's it's more so you know you can have like natty and carmella run interference between the two people so this mm-hmm. this endears uh naomi to the crowd more like, oh man, Naomi really needs to get this belt back. I'm tired of Charlotte. She's just a bully, blah, blah, blah. But they haven't touched, so you're not really, you know, bored with the match. As opposed to what they do now, and you have the match at the pay-per-view, then the rematch, uh, the the Monday Night Raw after, and then the next match the next Monday, and then we'll have a match at the next pay-per-view. So you've seen the same match five or six times. 
So by the time the by the time the actual blow off happens, it's like fuck this. I don't want to see any of this. Kind of like how people don't want to see Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt anymore. I'm I'm about to say Bray Wyatt can go to 205 Live. Can we talk about that for a second, guys? <laughs> What's up? Can, can, I, me? can I explain to y'all how tired I am of Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton? I have no interest in seeing the house. What is the House of Horrors match? What is it called? Unfortunately, 205live.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com
Yep. For a raw, a raw pay per view, and then we have Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins. That's probably the only match that I'm gonna watch. Yeah. For this pay per view, I'm not pressed for this shit at all. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's definitely the best match on the card. Um, because just because we know we know what both of those wrestlers are capable capable of, so I'm looking forward to that match, and I'm probably like. Not even watch the rest of the car. I'm good. They can put the rest of that shit on 205 Live. <laughs> Valid. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Valid. Uh, all right. So let's let's get into the biggest topic of this week. What everybody <laughs> has been talking about, and I I for one enjoy. It. I like it. It's a it's a breath of fresh air. No matter if it's a jug move like Janet Jackson's. Jug move on her husband or what? My man's gender Mahal, hard body Mahal, the Indian Papa Punjab, Young the Indian steroid king, has become the number one contender for Randy Orton's SmackDown Wrestling Championship title belt, and people are upset. Because they didn't get the usual winner. And I'm like, isn't this what we want? Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're so used to, you know, saying, okay, creative, show us what you got. Oh, we knew that was going to happen. Do better. So now, they do do better. They're showing us what they, what they got. Yeah, they're, they're showing <laughs> us, hey, you know, you thought Sami Zayn was going to win, didn't you, bitch? Here's gender, my fucking hall. Take exactly. that. There you go. <laughs> and, and now everybody's upset. They're saying, oh, oh, Vince did that because WWE is trying to go to India. Yeah, bitch. Here's an Indian for the Indians. Nigga, <laughs> the fuck? I'm not going to bring this white ass man to India. We need an Indian, even though he's from Canada or some shit. He's still Indian. Exactly. I was like, hey, Indians for India. I mean, who who would have thought? But you know what, y'all? When I first heard, heard, because I I didn't watch all of SmackDown. I didn't get a chance to watch SmackDown live this week. I had to catch the condensed version on on Hulu and then some of the other other parts. You know, I just, you know, let a feeling in between, but... As much as I wanted to also be like seriously, but then again, I had to just, just you know, rein it on back and again thinking, you know what? Just like Swell said, this is this is exactly what we what we challenge creative to do, to actually do their job and be creative. Just for once, we need, like I said, listeners. Said that. I, I don't know if you all classify yourselves as smarts, but if you have smart friends, tell them, please let this ride. Just let this see where it goes. So that could it, WWE be doing this to infantry India? Sure. But it doesn't mean that it can't be in, an entertaining story that's going to be told throughout this. And not only that, and with the hate, again, this is another golden opportunity for the WWE. There was actually genuine heat after that match, too. You could tell there was nobody in that crowd that was 
that was yeah. cheering it. I'm yeah. thinking this is exactly exactly the type of heat that is needed to actually have this story go somewhere. You, you, See, you don't want people just sitting on their hands being signed up like Jinder Mahal won. What? Say, well, you don't want people just sitting back questioning and saying, you want people, you know, doing the doing the delete <laughs> the, the delete gesture and booing. This was genuine heat afterwards, and like I said, yeah. just I'm I'm really excited to see where this where this was goes. Yeah. Like you can tell, even, you know, the it's, smack, a, it's even the a smack, breath of fresh air. Riders. It's even a breath of fresh air to really have a heel, you know. The only, if you listen closely, you don't even really hear boos on Raw or SmackDown unless it's Roman Reigns. Yep. Everybody, exactly. it's either you're getting cheered because you're a quote-unquote cool heel or you're not getting a reaction at all. Like, people don't even boo anymore. The last person that I heard a legitimate, a legitimate boo from was the Miz before the draft? Before he just went on talking smack and murdered Daniel Bryan? <laughs> like, that was the only person who was getting legit booze. And for Jinder Mahal to get legit booze on Tuesday, that was awesome. And I know it stems from racism because people are like, wait, why aren't my white people winning? We got this random steroid Indian guy winning. And I don't know if you guys peeped his promo, but that shit was Black Lives Matter as fuck. He was like, yo, you guys are going to know that I am the new American dream. You guys are afraid of it was his his promo wasn't even healed. It was more so you guys are afraid of diversity. It's, honestly, it's really the perfect it's the perfect promo for the post Trump world, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like he legit he legit said, okay. First, he started off with the foreign the normal foreign stuff. You know, mm -hmm. you know America sucks. Uh, but I don't even think he said America sucks. He was like, America something, um, you're mad because I speak two languages. Are you mad at my wealth? Are you mad at my education? And he was like, I believe you guys are scared of diversity. Boo! <laughs> like, nigga, see, see, we, that's the we shit. Are. We getting shot in the streets. All he said was, I think you guys are really legitimately scared of diversity. Boo! Sad nigger. This was the heel that Alberto Del Rio should have played back when, back when they were trying to get him over. <laughs> but uh, I, I like the move. Like, like we talked about in the group chat, um, it's something new. It's something different. It's, and, and at this point of uh, WWE, I look at it as, as a season. And, you know, the end of the season is WrestleMania. So we're at the beginning of the season now. So it doesn't hurt to try something new. It doesn't hurt to give a new guy a shot. So even if it's for WWE's brand in India, it doesn't matter. It's a new person getting a new shot. Let's see what he got. Let's see if he can, you know, let's see if he can keep that heat going. But let's see if he can. We never know. Yeah. You know, you got to give people shots, man. I'm just mad that it's going against Randy Orton. Had it been going against AJ Styles, you know, I think we would have been in a good position. Good point. Like, for yeah. this to actually work. But we're about to get a generic 10-minute match. Yeah. And it's going to be 
it's going to be hella whack. You're going to really wish it was on 205 Live. But going back to the whole reasoning behind it, like, why are people mad that even if it is just to go to India, I don't get why that's a that's a bad thing. Like, hey, it's just showing, hey, the WWE has a little bit of diversity. You know, we don't want to show you guys that it's just white people from America. I mean, shit, if WWF was trying to go to Africa, we would have had an African Ahmed Johnson in that bitch. Just to show niggas, hey, you know, here we go. Give them a shot. Let's see where it goes. That's that's the that's the name of the game. You give everybody a shot. Shit, they gave James Ellsworth a shot, and he was in the main event of SmackDown for like three weeks in a row. Speaking of speaking of Africans, do y'all remember Akeem the Dream? Akeem yeah. the African, African Dream, sir. <laughs> A king, the African dream. The most yeah. racist gimmick of all time, and I loved it. And his manager was named Slick. <laughs> and uh, he was a, fa- a fast talking Negro. <laughs> Who uh, I'm sure played cards and rolled dice backstage. I'm pretty sure he did. All the floating poker games. <laughs> okay, so. Alright, so that shit was racist. I don't know why One Man Gang was called A King, the African Dream. And this nigga was white and big as shit. The manager name is Slick. Like, he is really, like you said, the fast-talking Negro man who who probably ran numbers. 1977 Space Champion, y'all. Did he come? Did he come out there in a dashiki and a kufi? Yes, yes, this did happen. Wow! The only thing he was missing was a Quran and a bean pie. <laughs> Shout out to Shannon. Thank you for coming down to my school. Thank you, Shannon. Shout out to all the Muslim brethren. You know, shout out to the. Uh, yeah, sh- yeah, sh- shout out to me and me just the deuce, man. I'll add them to get your finances right. Or not. <laughs> or not. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, nigga. You're still poor. But. but that's pretty much all for SmackDown, though. Gender getting that push, that was the biggest news. Like, everyone reacted to it, everyone either hated it or loved it. Which is what you want as when you book certain things to happen. You want people to love it or hate it. You want people to react. So that was the biggest thing with SmackDown. Yeah, the worst thing if it was to happen is for him to not get any kind of response at all. Yeah. Like, oh shit, gender one, where's the bathroom? That's that's <laughs> what you that's what you don't want. They didn't get that. So Oh, was I mean, it the concession stand still open? See? <laughs> I think I think it's in the, in the, you know, in the right direction. Um, yeah. Do you guys have anything else, no matter what it is, to go before we get into this gold dust push for the the last segment of the show? Anything else you guys want to get off your chest? Young Club? No, thank you. Uh, shout out to you, Meat, for sending out that Cody Rhodes clip, bro. Everybody, Cody Rhodes has been doing, has been doing it, man. Showing, you just showing Vince, you know, this is that this is what you really wanted me to do. Stardust for the rest of my career. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, but I, I'm going to take that, but I'm going to shout out Smuff for posting it because that, that wasn't me. But I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you, though. You can have uh, it, dog. I mean, Cody uh, Rhodes no. is the man. It's all good, man. Is that my bad? <laughs> it's all good, man. I want to, uh, as always, I want to shout out my uh, my fellow East Sider. Uh, shout out to Apollo Crews. Uh, I would look forward to seeing you on 205 Live and off my television. But I want you to keep a job, my brother, and not go back to the hood because it's not fun there. Uh, I want to also reiterate that I do not want to see a House of Horrors match. And WWE, please make this the last match between Bray and uh, Randy Orton. Please. Thank you. Or if you do it again, put it on 205 Live. (laughs) All right. So... Since we got all of that out of the way. Oh, I do want to bring this up. Has nothing to do with wrestling. But I just thought it was it was sad yet hilarious at how it ended. So we all heard about the Cleveland crazy shooter man, right? Yep. And how the young man went crazy about his his girlfriend leaving him or whatever the fuck. So he just shot a random old guy. That's fucked up. No mm-hmm. one should ever be walking, strolling on Easter Sunday and get shot in the face. That's the sad part. The hilarity to it, you can call it a black comedy. The hilarity to it was after my man shot him, he went on the lamb for a quick minute. My nigga got hungry. Went to McDonald's. Yeah. And wanted to order something with fries. And apparently they told him, hey, your fries are going to be, you know, give us a second on the fries. He just dropped them. This nigga said, okay. Like he just, he just didn't shoot somebody in broad daylight in front of millions of people. He said, okay, I'll wait on my fries. But honestly, whenever McDonald's says, sir, we just dropped a new uh, batch of fries, you know those fries will be hidden, though. So, they, wait. They are. But <laughs> sometimes, I'm like, no, you, you, nah, nah, no, you always got fries dropped. Like, you lying yeah. to me. Like, that's, that's like telling me, yeah, sir, you know, just, just wait a quick second. We're actually trying to start up our ice cream machine. Knowing them shits don't, don't work. I don't know get me started on the ice cream machine, bro. All them shits broken. Don't get me started. They come, yeah. they come to McDonald's broken. Fuck, I'm, just, I'm just surprised he didn't go to Popeye's or churches or any other black place with his black ass. Sorry. Man, that shit's true. Captain D's ass nigga. <laughs> KFC ass nigga. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. Yeah, Let me say you got that four ninety nine fish meal, bro. <laughs> yeah, it. All right. So since we all got that out of our system, we're moving on to the push it segment. All right. When we last left you on the last episode, where were we? We had, we were setting up the world championship, uh, fuck, the world wrestling federation championship match where you had Psycho Vicious Sid Justice and Goldust with 
Dusty Rose baby in the it's corner. Back. I got it. I, he, he's you know. back. You know, the conniving son of a bitch baby, Dusty Rose, is in Gold Dust's corner. Now, we have to set this up in in those days there was there were never a time where the first encounter of the two people who are going for the belt the the opponent never really won the first encounter you know so we're going to make this one a regular match where Dusty Rhodes, not Dusty Rhodes, Gold Dust and Psycho Sid are going at it. Boom, 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 boom. All of a sudden, Psycho Vicious Sid Justice gets the upper hand. What does he do? He comes, he comes off the top rope with a with a big boot, but this time he doesn't break his leg like he did in WCW. Please watch that on YouTube if you haven't. It is terrible. His leg turns into a bow on live television. More, more good WCW for you. Please so, don't watch that. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. So he comes off, he comes off top rope with the big boot, and this time his leg doesn't break, and he does the power bomb. All right. So Dusty Rose, baby, can't see his son get beat up. The son, his the the fruit of his loins get beat up by Psycho Vicious Sid Justice. So he comes in with the brass nuts one more time and punches Psycho Sid Vid Justice in the face. This disqualifies Gold Dust, right? Boom. But we beat up both of Gold Dust and Dusty Rose beat up the, the Psycho Sid Justice Vid Sisters into a Pope. So now we're going to do this. In order to keep Dusty Rose Baby out of it, we're going to make a cage match for the second, the second round, the second match. And in this match, it's going to be a WCW type cage match where we're going to have a cage, but it's going to be chairs and kendo sticks duct taped around the uh, around it, and we're going to call it the Cage of Doom. <laughs> We're gonna call it the Cage of Doom. That shit sound like WCW for yet. No. Oh shit. Nigga. Oh, okay. So we're gonna have the Cage of Doom. So we got duct tape on on chairs and kendo sticks. And in order to get in order to win this match in WCW fashion. We put the belt on a pole. So now it is a cage of doom on a pole match. All right. So we have the we have the cage of Shut doom up, on a, We have the cage of doom on a pole match. We have cycle Sid. We have gold dust. We have dusty rose somewhere lounging in the corner because he knows he can't really defend anybody because they have chairs and kindle sticks duct taped to the cage. So he's just going to sit back in this match. Now, we have 
Psycho Sid, Gold Dust, they start going at it. You know, Psycho Sid grabs a, a chair full of duct tape. He grabs it, whacks Gold Dust. Gold Dust uh, eventually gets the upper hand. He tries to reach for the kendo stick, but somebody in the back, when they tried to build a cage, they put too much duct tape on the kendo stick, so it was hard for him to get off. So now he has to try to rip it off, but as he's trying to rip it off, Psycho Sid does another off-the-top rope big boot as in the first match, and he still doesn't break his leg. Please go watch that on YouTube if you didn't. His leg turns into a boat. It is, it is please, awesome. Please, please don't watch that. <laughs> okay, so once again, Dusty Rhodes cannot take his 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 fruit of his loins being beat up by Psycho Sid, especially with the top rope boot that doesn't turn his leg into a boat. So this is what he does. Dusty Rhodes risks his life and limb, baby, and he, he climbs the ropes. He climbs through the duct tape of kendo sticks and, and chairs to try to reach his, his little baby boy. This distracts Psycho Sid. And what does Dusty Rose do as he's distracting him? He tosses the brass nuts that are in his trunks that have been in his trunks this whole entire story. <laughs> he tosses them to Goldust. Goldust grabs them. Boom. Wax. Psycho Sid in the face. Psycho Sid is out cold. Now, all Goldust has to do is reach atop the pole, which is being hoisted by the cage of duct tape with chairs and kindle sticks and get the belt. He goes slowly. Psycho Sid gets up. Dusty Rhodes. Throws green mist in Psycho Sid's face. I don't fucking know. Throws mist. Psycho Sid leg finally breaks into a bow, as you could see on YouTube. And then, and then, he climbs up. He gets the belt. And he celebrates with Dusty Rhodes, baby. So now, after all that, after the... The coming in the WWF with Dusty Rhodes and and fighting off the excellence of sexiness and fighting off Ahmed Johnson and finally reaching the mountaintop to fight Psycho Sid. He has won the WWF championship and that is how you would push motherfucking gold dust. The motherfucking end. Hey, that was impre impressive, man. Very impressive. Good job, brother. Good job. Thanks to the WCW for all these great ideas. <laughs> I'm putting, fuck it, man. I'm putting everything on the pole. Nigga. Put 205 Live on the pole. <laughs> Please. <laughs> like this Russo, boy. <laughs> you really gave us gold. We didn't know it was her, but you really gave us gold, bro. Shout out Vince Russo, man. Alright, man. Y'all boys got anything to say before we wrap this thing up like a baby? Listen, listen to Kendrick Lamar's damn. 
Mm. That's, that's real. That's all I got. Hey, uh, shout out to the stoop, man. Shout out to the stoop. Shout out to the motherfucking stoop. All right. This ending is brought to you by Miss A Lot of Booty. Mm. Because to booty's fucking massive. Naomi? Her too. This oh. this ending is also brought to you by Naomi. Shout out to Naomi. Because her booty is big too. But I ain't trying to fight the Musos. Fuck them niggas. They can come see me about it. <laughs> I'm lying. I'm lying. I don't, I don't want no problem. For her. And I can't I can't even I can't even be mad at that, so I can't be mad at that at all, though. I feel like the Usos say cuz and nigga a lot. Them niggas gotta be in the game. They have to. That's the only way this gimmick works so well. Like somebody gotta be corrupt. They, they wait for somebody to set trip on them, y'all. You know? <laughs> Look, yeah. them niggas cut rip, cuz. <laughs> on the set, cuz. <laughs> All right, now let's get out of here. Good night, everybody. Where my wallet at, cuz? <laughs> <laughs> we out.